Greetings in Jesus' name to each one of you here this morning. It's a privilege to be here and worship with the brothers and sisters in the Lord here at Mabel. It seems like a long time. And I know, I guess I was part to blame for that. Uh, a couple of my last assignment, I felt like I needed to be at another place. And so I didn't make it here. And I'm sorry about that, but it's glad to be back and to worship with you. And, uh, you know, I, I believe every worship service, God would intend us to look at His Word, and, and, and that service draws us more into His ways and being doing what He wants us to do and be what He wants us to be. And, uh, and so a lot of times, you know, I think about when I hear sermons, well, you know, it's doing that, you know, or, or you know, I, that's my desire, you know, and that's what it is. Uh, I suspect this message here this morning will be, you're saying, I'm, do, I'm doing that. Well, uh, I'll, I'll acknowledge up front, I'm not doing it as much as I should, okay? I'll just be heads up with you and honest. And th- this message speaks to me, even though I uh, do it some, I don't do it as much as I should. It's one of those things that's kind of like that. You know, there's a, in our spiritual walk, there's a lot of disciplines. And, uh, and every one of them is good. You know, take uh, spiritual discipline, you know, is like praying, Reading your Bible and, and witnessing to others. And there's, there's just a lot of uh, not overindulging. Uh, you, you know, there's just a lot of spiritual disciplines, and they're all good. And so the Lord has led me to one of those this morning that, uh, that is a real encouragement and is strengthening to our walk if we follow it and can make a tremendous difference in the body of Christ and how the Lord works out his will in the church. Matthew 6, Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 6, cutting in at verse 16. And Jesus is talking to those believers there, and he was talking about a spiritual discipline right before the, you know, the pray, you need to pray. And then he cuts in and says one that maybe is not quite as uh, prevalent in uh, American Christendom, but I think God would, would be blessed it would be prevalent in our lives. Where it says in Matthew 6, verse 16, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in, who is in secret, in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So it's interesting to notice that Jesus said this is like kind of like said done deal when you fast. I don't know how much you feel like it's a done deal for you, uh, but you know, uh, it's kind of challenging for me to think about that. So the title of the message is The Privilege of Fasting. And we're going to look at the provision that God offers, the practice, different types, and the power. And we're somewhat mixed in those, but that's the three main points. Uh, I did notice last fall there was a hostage situation uh, in Haiti. And I don't know, how many of you will get the CAM newsletters on that? Do you get that? Well, a good number of you do. I don't know if you ever noticed they asked for praying. Did you notice they asked for fasting? Did you notice that? Maybe you didn't even notice it. Well, they did, actually. <laughs> and I firmly believe 
that there was a remnant of God's people that fasted that made all that made a world of difference. I firmly believe it because it's amazing what fasting will do in a person's life. Well, it's 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 very inspiring to note that when Jesus began his earthly ministry, and it was about to begin, and before actually the Sermon on the Mount, he did something very special. And I think he expects us to do these kind of things when we meet uh, uh, big challenges. Matthew 4, 1 to 2, right before here, right before the Sermon on the Mount, it says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward unhungered. Now, I know that we don't, play, we don't know what's coming ahead. Jesus knew what was coming ahead. So he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Well, we're in, a lot of times we're in a wilderness spiritually around us. Hopefully not in our Christian walk. But short is drouthy around us in Christendom. And you, I can tell you, you can mark it down, you're going to be tempted, okay? So even though Jesus knew it, you can know it too. You'll be tempted. You'll probably be tempted yet today. And you're, if you aren't, you'll be tempted tomorrow for sure. And, and hope your head's up to know temptation when you see it because you'll have it. And if you're not being tempted, then it means we're not seeing it and we don't want to be that way. And it says, so he, so Jesus did something that was our, for our example. Now, so he went 40 days and 40 nights. <clears throat> I'd call that a rather long time, actually. And, uh, and afterward, he was a hunger. Well, that's amazing it wasn't until afterward, but anyhow, he, he was. But so... I read a book on, I forget, God's Chosen Fast. Who's read that book on God's Chosen Fast? Precious few. It's worth reading. Uh, did that years ago. There's a lot of good reading out there. It's worth reading. And it says fasting, it isn't exclusive to this, but it, it sure is a lot of this. Fasting is laying aside of food, and it's not just food, but a lot of times it is food, for a period of time when the believer is seeking to know God in a deeper way and or seek his guidance and will in a clear way so he will work in a specific situation. <clears throat> Have you ever gotten a bind? Have you ever gotten a bad place spiritually that you wish you never was? That's exactly what it's all about, okay? Uh, you want Jesus to lead and rule and, and to change things, maybe change your own heart? <laughs> a lot of times that's part of it too. God can and has worked in miraculous ways because of fasting. And I just praise God. That's such a blessing. And, uh, it, but I found that, you know, why is fasting so hard for me? I don't know about you. If you, if you because, and I'll just tell you the two, some reasons I feel like it is, because it's spiritual warfare. Have you ever found out, and you probably have long ago, that doing what's right is always hard and a challenge, Right? I mean, it's just naturally for you to get up and read the Bible for an hour every morning and to pray for another half an hour and uh, to witness this regular basis and to be self -denial. This is all just natural. Well, you know why it isn't so easy? Because it's spiritual warfare, amen? It's spiritual. The devil don't want you to do that. He said, look, if I can keep them from, from doing these spiritual disciplines, guess what? They become lukewarm. I can, I can sneak in real easy. You know, that's what he's thinking. He knows that. And so he, he makes those things hard. And so it becomes a spiritual discipline. And I don't know how you like, you know, uh, I see people being disciplines to be marathon runners, which I wouldn't begin to want to do. Uh, 
I mean, I run as a boy, and I know how painful it is to run five miles. Um, just for the sake of whatever, I don't know. <laughs> well, anyhow. But see, spiritual disciplines help us be healthy spiritually. In fact, without them, we become weak and anemic spiritually. So it's a real blessing that we can have. And one of these is fasting. So fasting is a self-denial and a spiritual discipline with a purpose and a goal, not just to do it. Because he even, uh, so it's not a ritual. And if it's done with a good heart for a good reason, God blesses it. And it's never to be done to be seen of men. Never. It's what it says very plain in this passage. In fact, if you do it to be seen of men, you have your reward. It's a, it's a done deal. And it's, it's not, uh, you, don't, you don't get much reward. So there's several types of, of, of pa uh, fasting. And I read there's a normal fast. <clears throat> this is what they called it. I would call it a long fast, okay? And that's when it said there, Jesus fasted after he was a hunger, uh, hungry. So he sustained from foods, solids, or, or liquid food too, by the way. Now people suck a lot of stuff up a straw. It's amazing what comes up a straw nowadays. And, uh, but, but only water, okay? Just water. And because uh, a, uh, a physician, Luke the physician said in Luke 4, verse 2, being 40 days tempted of the devil, he's talking about Jesus, and in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. Didn't say he was thirsty. I, I, I believe he was drinking. Now, we didn't have to, but he, he did. So. so there's different stages to fasting. <clears throat> and I don't know how many of you realize this, but there's different stages, and they're interesting. The first stage is marked by craving for food. Well, that happens in what two hours or more than six? You got this obsession craze for food. It's crazy uh, how us were made to think that way. And this can last for a couple days. And uh, that that you just got an obsession. I, I one time heard a lady talking about she was going to fast for one day. She made it for twenty three hours. She said because her mind was so obsessed with food. Well. I can tell you one thing that really helps. Be in the Word of God. Be praying. Pray much about the spiritual warfare. You know, why are you fasting? That reason, pray for that situation. Pray for that change. Pray for yourself. Pray a lot. Be in spirit. Listen to good news. Be doing good things. Get your mind off of food. Because the devil wants you just to think and be obsessed about food. And it's natural. It's easy. It's normal. And especially, and, uh, and, don't abstain from being around food. Now, I find this, this is very challenging for us men that like food. If you're not a man that likes food, that's okay. I, you just have a huge blessing on some of us because some of us, like, we enjoy food. And, and so, and, and I've seen this happen. I've did it myself. You set the table. You have a plate there. You pass the food, and you don't take it. It's amazing how your children don't even seem to notice. I've done it. Men will say, oh, what, what, you know, what's wrong with you? They don't hardly say anything. You just act normal, you smell it. Uh, the, the, the bigger the discipline, the more you discipline yourself, the sweeter the victory. It's always that way. You don't go, but I do believe there's a lot of prayer. And I know of a man, always he just prayed through lunch hour, and that's fine too. But I, I think it, it, it's a special discipline. I, maybe I'm 
overdosing it here, but to sit there and smell that food and be around it and act like a daddy because you're still there. You, just because you're fasting don't mean you lost your daddy duties or your motherly duties, okay, too. And, uh, and not eat a thing. Now, that's amazing. But God will help you do it. It's been done a, a time before. Okay, another thing that happens generally is a headache. A headache is very common. If you don't have it, you're fortunate there again. Uh, Tylenol generally works. And if you can live with it, but it can be pretty, pretty tough. Then the second stage of this fast is, is marked by the feeling of weakness and faintness that you, you just feel like, oh, you know, I, I get, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm losing my strength. And that can happen for two or three days. Uh, depending on the amount of physical work you do. And, uh, and then after that, you'll start feeling strong again, and you'll lose a desire for food. You can sit around food, and you don't even hardly want it. Now, that for farm, right, for me, it takes about three days. I, this all gets condensed if you're expending energy, okay? If you're an office man, it might take five or six days. How many of you ever got to that point? of fasting that you that you didn't even desire food. How many got there? Great. A couple. Good. Now, if you really mean business, you can do this. You can do this. Uh, I'm not saying you got to, but it, this is, uh, there's things going on in life that deserve this kind of spiritual discipline. The third stage is then, and this is the easiest one, that you have strength, you feel like you could go for months, but you can't, <laughs> for a long time without food. And uh, you just feel, it feels, it's amazing not to have ate four days and, and, and be doing physical duties and you have plenty of strength. It's amazing. It's just amazing. But it's a spiritual warfare. You're praying, you're with God, talking to God, and he's talking to you and he's working amazingly. And the, the third, then the last stage is when you start getting hungry. Now, for Jesus, in that one, he went 40 days. <clears throat> Has anybody fasted 40 days here? I'm, not, I'm just saying raise your hand. I'm not one of them. I, I tried. I, I was trying to go a long term. They said something about this a lot of times can happen at 21 days. It happened to me about 14. What happened? I'll just be honest. I had to preach. And there wasn't getting enough nourishment up top or something. And there is no way I could have preached. Just, well, I guess I could have. It would have been a huge miracle because things wasn't connecting. And so after 14 days, I just, I thought, you know, I, I, gotta, I need to preach. I need to do it in a respectful fashion. So I had to get a little nourishment. And, uh, but it was amazing. I just couldn't believe it. You, know, you, can, you can go that long and just be a plenty of strength. It's, it's incredible. It's just incredible. But I found that most American Christians don't have that much discipline. I just find that out, and that's myself, too. Well, uh, that, uh, that is what they call it. That's what this the book said, a normal fast. I call this an extended fast, okay? <laughs> or it's a complete one, because actually, when you just go one day, and, I've, and that's, that's another type of fast, you know what I mean? But it's, uh, it, you don't go through the, you don't get the bliss or the whatever it's called, of getting where you can sit around food and you don't even really have a craving for it. That's a tremendous blessing. And, I, and then, of course, there's another little side effect is it's a great, wonderful weight loss pro program, too. 
that works wonders there. And don't ever do it just for that reason. I know some people do it just for that reason, but it has some great side effects. Actually, it's healthy for you. It's healthy for you, for your system to be able to rejuvenate and not be under the stress of uh, lots of food all the time. It's healthy for you. But I'm just talking about the side effects physically uh, that are there. Okay, there's another one that's an absolute fast. And there's a few examples of that in the scripture. Uh, normally, this is no more than three days because you abstain from food and water. Now, that, that's really challenging. I've never began. I'm lucky to go three hours without water when I'm awake because, well, they claim you're supposed to be hydrated or whatever it's called. But, you know, they did that. Paul did that when it says in Acts 9, 6. Uh, six to nine, he said, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do I have me to do? And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul rose from the earth, and when his eyes were open, he saw no man. And they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, neither did eat nor drank. This was right after Saul's conversion. And obviously he was serious with God and he didn't eat or drink for three days. There was more uh, absolute fast also in the scripture. And Ezra 10 verse 6 says, And Ezra rose up before the house of God, of God and went into the chamber of Jehonathan and his son Elisha Hib. And when he come thither, he did not, uh, he did eat nor drink. Excuse me. He did not eat bread nor drink water, for he mourned because of the transgression of them who had been carried away. He, he saw these people had lived in sin. The Israelites had lived in sin, and it bothered him. You know, and I don't know if there's things around you that bother you, but there is for Ezra, and there is for some people. And he, he went to a complete fast, neither eat nor drank uh, for three days. He was so overcome with the grief of the God's people being uh, not doing what's right that they may just actually, it could easily be and he just didn't even have a desire to eat. I don't know if you've ever been there or not, but sometimes spiritual burdens get so big that you just don't even desire to eat. And I think that's a God... God's uh, chosen, God calling a fast. The very results were a few verses later in Ezra 10, verses 10 to 12 says, And Ezra the priest stood up and said unto them, Ye have transgressed and have taken strange wives to increase the trespass of Israel. Now therefore make confession unto the Lord God of your fathers and do his pleasure and separate yourselves from the people of the land and from the strange wives. And all the congregation answered and said with a loud voice, as thou hast said, we so must we do. Wouldn't it be beautiful to bring in that? Look, they had married heathen women. Look, women around and said, look, you can't have this kind of intermarriage. It doesn't work. We can't do that. The Lord, you know, and he said, look, oh, we, were, we're, we, we understand. We're going to do that. That's amazing. That's a miracle. And that's what God wants to do. When God's people fast, he does a Amazing things. They saw their sin and they repented and separated from the strange wives. Wow. What a tremendously good effect of a person being burdened to this point of fasting.
So there we see an absolute fast. That's the second type. And some of the reasons they were burdened for what's going on. You know, with the conditions of America, the conditions of the churches at large, and actually these are some things that we struggle with ourselves, there's plenty of reasons to be concerned. Well, this need of seeing the conditions did not go unnoticed by Abraham Lincoln. And he wrote an address to the nation during World War, the Civil War, at least as important as that Gettysburg Address. You probably never heard of it. He proclaimed, it was proclaimed for a national fast day. Now, wouldn't that be good if President uh, Biden would, yeah, one of those moments, <laughs> I can remember Trump, but I couldn't remember Biden, um, would say, would, would call for a national fast day. Wouldn't that be amazing? I, I think it would be wonderful, and I think it would be very in order. On, uh, on, on 1863, a day of national humiliation, fasting, and prayer, Lincoln wrote, listen to what he wrote, it is the duty of nations as well as men to own their dependence upon the overruling power of God to confess their sins and trespasses in humble sorrow, yet with assured hope that genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon. Amazing words from a president. I'll skip a paragraph and read the last one. Intoxicated, what he had, a president had the overview of, the, of America, 1863, okay? Intoxicated, I wonder what he'd say if he was around today. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become self-sufficient to feel the necessity too proud to pray to God that made us. It behooves us then to humble ourselves before the offended power to confess our sins and pray for clemency and forgiveness. Wow, the president calling for a fast. Was he ever right on the money? Well, he wrote that in 1863. I wonder even what Lincoln would say today, much less a good saint of God. Well, there was another absolute fast in the Bible. And you probably remember this one yourself, Esther 4. And, you know, uh, if I remember correctly, the Jews were about getting ready. They had a proclamation there in that, in that area there that the, the people could wipe out the Jews. And if you were Jew, I think you'd take that very seriously. But the, our enemy wants to wipe out Christianism and uh, saints. And uh, that bothered Queen Esther. And so, uh, so she was going to do something very brazen, come before the king, but she knew she needed divine intervention. She knew that. As much probably, she probably needed uh, as much as we do. Esther 4 verse 16 says, Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day, and I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so I will go unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. And that's an amazing word. She said, you know, even though she was the queen, 
She said, we're going to enter this too. Me and my maidens, we're doing this too. This isn't just for you. This is for us. We're doing this together. And they called it uh, a time of fasting. And it was an absolute fast. And God intervened. And you know what happened? The Jews took care of those around them. And God completely intervened. Amazing what God can do when people fast. A partial fast is the next one. There's another one. And I think this is what most Americans like the most because it isn't quite as painful. At least it's not as long. If they're not wanting to get over the hump, what I call over the hump, it's a restricted diet rather than a complete abstinence. Daniel did a form of this in Daniel 1, verse 8, where it says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested the princes of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. So they had a strong reserve, uh, resolve. I am not going to take the American lifestyle here. I don't know what he was saying, but this plush life. And he said, you know, you know what I mean? Just like uh, I am willing to take on just eating, I think what they claim to be kind of like vegetable soup. And actually, I like vegetable soup. That, that, that would be not too bad. But eat that, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I am sure I would not choose that over steak. Okay, I'm sure of that. I'll tell you that right now. They had a chance of, of steak or even, well, of course, they didn't have the option of a good ham uh, in their diet back there for the Jews. But, you know, I know when it shows up, he said, look, I can have all this king's meat. You know, I can get that portion. I would say, no, for the sake of personal discipline and a partial fast, I'm going to eat just this soup and water. And... Uh, that, that was quite a brazen act. And we know that they agreed to that, and it had amazing results. And uh, a few verses later it says, And at the end of ten days their countenance appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portions of the king's meat. Uh, why? Because they was willing to discipline their lives for the cause of Christ. Strictly why? Because I can tell you, if you eat vegetable soup for 10 days, you will not be fairer and fatter than those that are eating other things. You won't be. It just won't happen. And yet, since that was the test, you know, they, they had to look better in appearance to, to be favored. God favored them and blessed them in that way. Also, a good bit later in his life, Daniel did another partial fast in Daniel 10. And it says in Daniel 10, verses 2 and 3, it says, In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. He was burdened three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. So he was burdened, he was, and he fasted, and he didn't eat any delicate food, nor any special drinks. And uh, for, you, for some people that like <clears throat> sugar drink or whatever it's called, that would be quite a change for some people. And uh, so he didn't in, invest into a normal fast like he sometimes did, but he went through this partial fast. And the result was what? If you ever read uh, Daniel 10, he had great spiritual victory over the powers of darkness and as well as the unfolding vision by an angelic messenger. You kind of read that and you think, well, it just happened. It didn't just happen. There was spiritual warfare involved in that. A lot of it. 
And so today that would mean a regular first course with no top-end food, okay, which we like. No second, no seconds, which would discipline some of us. No rich food, and no desserts, and only water. That, that would be pretty, and do that for a while. That would be kind of a challenge for some of us. Uh, but God blesses that. And of course, we know there's other types of fasting, which I don't get into. Well, it does say that John the Baptist, uh, in addition to fasting often, he maintained a simple diet, locusts and wild honey. I, you know, if you want to really get into this, try locusts and wild honey, okay? Uh, that would be a fairly good type of fast uh, for most of us. Uh, there's other types of partial fast, and uh, that's omitting one meal a day. And you, they're getting, people getting into that. I talked to a man not too long ago. And he lost a good bit of weight. I said, how'd you do that? And you know what he was? You ever heard of intermittent fasting? Yeah. Well, I'm amazed how much people can eat in two meals. Uh, I don't care if they're only four hours apart. They're supposed to be within six, I realize. I mean, eight. I guess it's eight hours, isn't it? You know, within eight hours, then you fast for 16 hours, which would be amazing discipline for some people. In other words, because people nowadays, this grazing thing, I mean, so you might eat small amounts, but if you eat 16 meals or eight meals a day, I mean, what are cattle, you know, eating like that? And uh, But intermittent fasting can work, uh, and it is a part of fasting because it is encroaching on your normal desires in a, in a very relevant way. Because I asked him, how did you do that? He said, he just eats oatmeal for breakfast. Well, that's, I love oatmeal, but I'm sure that it was way down. Just oatmeal? I mean... You know, let's have some something else good like eggs and what else with it. And then he said, I eat one normal meal then for uh, a decent meal for lunch, and that's it. That, that's a type of fasting. And but, but I don't know sure if he did it for, I think he did it all for physical reasons, to be honest with you. But, you know, I think we can do that for spiritual reasons. There's other types of fasting, too, <clears throat> that would be healthy. I've heard of people fasting from the Internet. I think it's very healthy. Internet fast. Only what you absolute have to do. And I tell you, it's amazing because we actually encourage people to only do business and instruction. That's what it's for. And yet, we, we're so, some of our people are so far from that, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, actually. Because, well, they're just addicted to the phone. Meaning, uh, they just got to have it with them all the time and be looking at it all the time. And it's so sad because, you know, I've, I've heard people do that and they said it's amazing how much time they have to talk and to build relationships and do profitable things if they restrict their Internet usage and social media, by the way. Let's just throw that in there, too. That's part of it. Uh, to what is only critically important, necessary. Try that. Try that. God, God will bless you for that. And so, uh, so there's other types of fasting. Some people could fast from excessive shopping. I'm sure none of you are that way, but I'll just throw out the thought anyhow. Because there are some people like to shop and buy and get and whatever. And that, that, can, that, can, be a, that can be a very carnal thing. It can be. Don't need, we, I know we need to shop to live, but some people live to shop. That don't sound right. Maybe this feels that way, okay, or just looks that way. I wonder how God looks at it sometimes. And this is a consumption, 
consumption crazy world we're in? Well, the main thing is uh, that God knows what we're going through. And he knows if it's important to us, because if it's important to you, you'll be willing to be do something that shows it's important to you. Not just a prayer on the fly, okay? You discipline yourself. Lord, uh, you know, what would you have me to do? You know, how could you change this situation? You know, things aren't going right. And, and whether in our church and, and, or out in our nation or in my personal family or in my larger family or in my own spiritual walk. And if you look there, it, it just it's amazing how many times you get a burden. But the Lord really cares about these things. Isaiah 58 speaks about this. This is back in Old Testament times. Isaiah 58 verses, uh, I'll start with verses 3 and 4 where it says, Why have we fasted then say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take notice? In fact, in the day of your fast you find pleasure, you exploit all your labors. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with your fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. He said, you know, you fast for show. I understand uh, a certain bracket of uh, Jewish people. I'm not sure if it's Pharisees at different times. They would fast a day a week. It was for show. And you don't fast a day a week. What's wrong with you? Okay, that's well spoken of in verses 3 and 4 here. You fast for show. And that's why he said, don't do it. Now, we don't anoint our heads, okay? If you anoint your head because... And not look sorry, but I would think something, we would think something's wrong with you. You are making a show. He said, be normal, okay? Act normal. And even though you're burdened, you don't go put a show on, you can fast, you don't make a show because it's for God's glory, it's for God's sake, and for God to intervene in miraculous ways. And he sure has. I know one time we got in a, uh, a dilemma uh, there at the church I was at. And things were going wrong. I'll just tell you, the parent was siding with their son, and their son had, had serious spiritual problems. They were siding with him. And finally, some we said, we're going to pray and fast about this. Because we met with them, and it was going bad. And we knew that God had a better course than that. And it was amazing. We met with that hu husband and wife, and they, they completely understood what we were saying at that point. It completely changed. Something completely changed in their heart. And I, and I tell you, I don't even question that praying and fasting made a world of difference. It, it just happened so many times in my life. I'm so blessed by it. Well, here it says, look, there's a wrong way of doing it. But then he said, you know, there's a right way to do it. And let's read verses 5 and 6 now of Isaiah 58. Is it a day that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast, an acceptable day of the Lord? This is not the fast that I have chosen. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To, to look what God says, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, that you may break every yoke? He said, God says, look, I can unleash amazing powers in your life and those around you if you will just fast. And I wonder 
what he's saying to us in America. You know, I know Americans tend to love food, and I can identify. He said, look, when you, when you see the spiritual warfare, and you see what's going on, look, when God burdens your heart, he's saying, isn't this a God-chosen fast? It is. God will bless you with that. He'll bless you if respond when you uh, respond correctly to those kind of situations. And he will, he will empower, he will change hearts, he will direct things that man can never do on their own. It's a God thing, they say, and I tell you, it takes special disciplines to get there. The early church prayed and fasted. They prayed and fasted a lot. Acts 12, 2 and 3 says, And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, Separate me, bonds, and saw for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. And the Lord blessed. Another chapter, next chapter, Acts 14, 23. And when they had ordained elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them unto God on whom they believed. Well, I praise God there's a lot of important church work to be done. God tarries. We're not in the journey yet. We don't know what all he wants, but we do know we like the early churches, how the, how the God moved, how God led. And we like that early church power, and we like its witness. But do we love the practice? We won't have the power without the practice. In other words, they, they had, they were praying and fasting on a regular basis. And I tell you, brothers and sisters, if we're going to be where we need to be in 10 years from now, we're going to have to be a band of believers that believe in praying and fasting. God will bless that. And I'm just, just so blessed that he gives us that opportunity. He didn't say we deserve it. He didn't say, I'm going to give you, you deserve that special working within you. He said, I'm going to give it to you if you're willing to show how much you care. If you're willing to be disciplined. So, he says, Jesus said, when uh, some disciples come back in with a predicament. And he said in Matthew 17, 21, how be it? This kind goeth out. Not out, but by prayer and fasting. You know the story. The disciples couldn't cast out a demon. And they come back wondering what was going on. Jesus challenged them to have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed. Letting them know very clearly, if you're going to work in this spiritual realm, you better be praying and fasting or you're not going to get it done. You know... There's a certain level of spiritual warfare that is not won without fasting. There's a certain level that's not won without fasting. So I praise God. He gives us this opportunity. That's why it's called the privilege of fasting. The privilege of depriving yourself of food for a good cause, for a spiritual cause. You know, there's things going on. Do we love God enough? I'm going to write, I'm going to read a phrase, and you tell me who it was that fasted like this. On Sinai's mountain, with radiant face, to intercede for heaven's grace, upon a stubborn, wayward race, he fasted. Who? Right. I like that choir now. Let's keep that up. That's great. 
but some of these might be just a tad tricky. One slipped it from the miry clay when oppression came his way. This soldier king would often pray with fasting. Close. King, a soldier king, David. He wrote out of miry clay. He wrote Psalm 40. Okay, that was just it's a little tricky. The soldier king was the key. Okay, a seer possessed a vision king, keen who told the troubled king his dream had light on God's prophetic scheme through fasting. It was a mixed answer. Daniel. Yeah, it was Daniel. Yeah, correct. Now, this one's a little easier, I think. The prophetess in temple court beheld the babe the two had brought. For him she long had prayed and sought with fasting. Anna. Correct, Anna, for sure. Okay, this one's real easy. He came to break the yoke of sin, but ere his mission could begin, he met the foe and conquered him with fasting. Yeah, real good. Who's this? So shall they fast when I am going? Was this no word to act upon? Ask countless saints who fought in one with fasting. You! You! That's who? You! Us! We! You know? Goes on for one more phrase. When we shall stand on that great day and give account, what shall we say? If he should ask you, did you pray with fasting? No problem now. You've heard the admonition. We're going to get it done. It's interesting to note. Jesus said in Matthew 9, 15, and Jesus said to them and us, can the children of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then... They will fast. God bless you in entering into this special warfare that we're in today by showing the spiritual discipline and the privilege of fasting. God bless you.